Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I am a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me to celebrate the fact that the Niners did not lose this week is fellow Niner Noise contributor, Chris Wilson. Chris, how are we doing, man? I'm good. Enjoying that lack of losing. Feels good. It's almost as good as winning. <laughs> not losing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not quite, but... No, it's not, not quite the same thing, but... Close. It is a lot better than getting blown out. So that was the first mostly stress-free Sunday of NFL football that I've watched in a long time. I know. I actually turned on the local television station to just sort of watch the games that were happening that I was not at all invested in in any way, shape, or form, which means uh, from where I live, I got to watch the Panthers and Lions, which was... uh, not really a football game, but no, um, PJ Walker, the former XFL standout was uh, playing quarterback for the uh, Panthers and the ghost of Matt Stafford was playing quarterback for the lions who got shut out first shutout of the NFL season. So there you go. So funny thing is that I actually started two quarterbacks in that game. <laughs> was it neither? you started both of them. No, not both of them, but two quarterbacks in that oh, game. <laughs> neither only one of which played, but he didn't even really play. Yeah, unfortunately, Bridgewater, I learned, wasn't going to play 10 minutes before the game started. Oh, and bummer. The ESPN app did not do me good. Oh, well, thanks, ESPN app. Yeah, and then emails to the commish and texts to the commish did not do me good either. Yeah. Well, and then Stafford didn't really play either. <laughs> yeah, so the funny thing is the league that I played Stafford, I lost in. And even though I had Bridgewater, I still won that game somehow. That's amazing. That's that's incredible. But it's it sort of nice. The Niners were on by. Seahawks and cars on Thursday night, yep. and then the Rams didn't play until Monday night. So, Correct. of course, a Rams loss in Tampa would have been a nice ending to Week 11, but what can you do? I can't really do too much about it. Yeah, absolutely. So at least we have finally reached Shinny's beloved bye week, which I believe means that we're finally allowed to start playing like we mean it again and win some football games. I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, you you mentioned the uh, the Seahawks and Cardinals game. The Seahawks won that game, and the Rams did eventually beat Tampa Bay. 
but that means that the Rams are in first place. Go figure. Based on conference record, they are seven and three. Uh, the Seahawks are also seven and three. The Cardinals are six and four, and the 49ers are four and six, uh, which puts them three games out of first and 11th place in the playoff seating at this current moment before the three games on Thursday. I'm not sure if any of the matchups on Thursday have any. Oh, well, the Lions, I think, are in front of them in the the playoffs right now based on conference record or something like that. So, you know, them losing to... If we're worried about the Lions, we're in deep trouble. That is true. But if they lose to Dallas... No, who are they playing? I don't know who they're playing. Uh, Dallas is playing somebody else. But if they lose their game, that might have some impact. But you got to get from 11th to 7th, which is going to be difficult and will probably require, as you talked about last week, overtaking whoever the third place team in the NFC West is because uh, it ain't going to be four teams from the same division. I don't think the math works out that way. Yeah, because Tampa Bay and the Saints are both going to get in. Right, right, right. Everyone keeps saying three games out of first place. Well, we're not going to... Well, we're not going to make the playoffs, but we're not going to get first place in the division. Yeah, the goal right now is to play a playoff game, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> we're probably, at this point, <laughs> going to travel to Philadelphia or something like that and play the winners of the NFC East, who will be probably under 500 at this particular point. Oh, yeah, it's almost a guarantee. They all have three wins right now. It's it's incredible. <laughs> all four teams have a better likelihood of making the playoffs than we do. So that's great. Also, also incredible. I think that the skins. Oh, oh can't say that. The the, uh, the Washington, the Washington football, team. football team or whatever are playing the Cowboys and the Lions are playing the Texans, I believe. Oh, well, so the Lions losing would make an impact, but it's not a conference thing. So it wouldn't immediately have an impact on the Niners. Yeah, but we'll still root for the Texans. Yeah. The other sort of impactful thing that Sunday's games well, this week's games had on the Niners is they uh, they moved up a couple of spots in the draft. And by lo- moved up, I mean, literally, they went up to a higher number. <laughs> they were at 12th going into the weekend, and they now sit at 14th. So the problem is, is that we have, unfortunately, further proof that we need to add a 49ers injury segment to the podcast. Because even in a bye week, we have lost players Nothing long term, but we do have a problem with (laughs) some players being lost for what may be this coming week. This is all COVID-19 list players, a list that is now longer than the Niners have had at any particular point this season. So the beginning of the week, or actually early last week, I guess, uh, Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw were added to the list and then came a flurry of names that were added to that list along with them, including uh, Brandon Ayuk, Peronis Grasu, DJ Jones, Joe Walker, Jordan Willis, Daniel Helm, and possibly worst of all, Trent Williams, who reportedly tested positive for the virus, which given his history as a cancer survivor, that's not good. Football aside, that's a dangerous situation for him. So you got to hope that he's healthy just in general, regardless of whether or not he'll be able to play on Sunday is another thing. So that list is not looking good. Unrelated to injury, it came out today that this is crazy, um, that slot cornerback Quan Williams is to be suspended for two games for a PED related incidents. We'll get more on the PED thing a little bit later, which means that Williams, who is currently nursing an injury, will not be eligible to return. I don't know, because he's not on the IR. So that means that the next two games count regardless, right? 
Yeah, so he can't play the next two games when he wasn't going to anyway. Right, so that's actually fine. <laughs> um, so if you're going to get suspended, I guess that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually like the perfect time to do it. Yeah, it's like, great, cool. He wasn't actually going to play anyway, so it's fine. Joke's on you. So that, not ideal. Again, more on the PED thing in here in a little bit. Tack McKinley, who we talked about last week. He failed his second physical in as many weeks, and the, the Niners waived him, uh, and then he was subject back to waivers, and the Raiders picked him up. So maybe the third time's the charm for Tack. I don't know. But at this point, it seems like there's something pretty big looming in his physical situation that two teams have said no thanks at this point for a relatively cheap pass rusher you gotta wonder what's going on there more jumbo nascar package please although kudos to tack for his uh, commitment to his twitter game i don't know if you saw this but he has literally uh posted his last six things on twitter have been um the same tweets back and forth one was about like thanks to the falcons in atlanta <laughs> and then like come on Bengals, let's go and then he posted the exact same tweet that he posted about atlanta but about cincinnati and then he was <laughs> Basically, in the just inserting uh, the new city slash team that he was playing for, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> He's like cutting and pasting. <laughs> Clearly on top of everything else. But so that's all the bad news. Chris, any thoughts there? Only the Niners in 2020 can have injuries during the bye week. That's totally true. At least no one like slipped in their bathtub. Yeah. 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 Something like that. But not like COVID is any better. Right. But the fact that all these false positives and all these precautions and stuff, hopefully... It's a lot to do about nothing, especially for Williams. The only thing that we know of for sure is Williams is the only one who's tested positive that we are aware of. Obviously, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. The player has to acknowledge the fact that the test has been positive. The team cannot. That's a HIPAA violation. So Trent Williams came out and made this announcement himself. But hopefully the rest of them are just sort of contact situations and they'll all be okay to go. And of course, hoping that Trent Williams is good to go. Just regardless so small <laughs> uh, boy um in other news Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson both came off the IR today which is good news I actually am kind of surprised that Jeff Wilson came off the list I didn't think he was anywhere near being ready to go um I don't think we have any information on whether or not they're going to be ready to play or not no that's not until a Wednesday I think it's the first day that they have to announce their injury report and I don't know about Debo either. I'm assuming he's good to go because they were pretty much confident that he would be ready to go for this week the whole time. And he had an extra week of practice. So we'll see. We still have not heard anything about Richard Sherman. His practice window was open before the bye week, but he has not actually been officially brought up from the injured reserve list. So that's got to be a little concerning because you would have thought with the extra time that he would have been one of the first people to come off the list. But this seems to be a pretty extensive injury and I don't know. At this point, you got to wonder what his long term situation is going to be and whether or not he's going to be even someone who can come off and be productive for this team at all. If it's taking this long to get him back to health, you got to worry about that. Same situation with uh, Ben Garland. His practice window has not been opened up so far as I remember. Do you know? Do you remember if that was the case? I don't think that it has. Yeah. So he is still on IR with no information about whether or not he'll be coming back. Speaking of the offensive line, Weston Richburg still on the pup list. You keep talking about this guy. I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, he still exists. Uh, same with Ronald Blair, who's a, on the defensive line. But man, it'd be nice to have him back for this last couple of games. But uh, I'm not holding my breath, although I did write about it this week. Yeah, I saw that. During the bye week about him being a player that would be nice to have. Although at that moment, I thought 
McKinley was going to be on the field as well. So I was like, well, maybe we can get McKinley and Blair and that would be great. Just having Blair would be good, but I'm not counting on a whole lot at this point. A couple more bits of news and then we'll get into more things here. They signed safety Chris Edwards, which to me just sounds like a made up name because it's just kind of like the most normal like name of all time. Chris Edwards, like this is a guy that plays for our team. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I knew. It's definitely a witness protection program name. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, he was with the team from January to August. Go figure. I don't remember that being the case. So the CIA says. <laughs> well, that's what 49ers.com said. Well, they got in in there or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's brought in because obviously injuries to Joukowsky Tart and the uh, injury to Jonathan Cyprian that we talked about last time. So they just need safety depth at this point. And then they added safety Kainakua and wide receiver Sean Poindexter out of the practice squad. They fill spots left by Jared Mabin and Juwan Jennings, who are both on the practice squad injured reserve list. So lots going on there. That's been the last couple of days. And then the last bit is good news and doesn't have any bad news related to it at all. Congratulations to John Lynch, who is the 49ers general manager currently, and former 49ers players Bryant Young and Patrick Willis. They were named as semifinalists for next year's Hall of Fame class. So that's really cool. All deserving players. I'm really surprised John Lynch is not in yet. He's gotten passed over several times, and I'm hoping he'll get in here soon. And then uh, Bryant Young and Patrick Willis would be nice to see them get in as well. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with Willis because it's the kind of thing where you sort of need to get him in maybe on the first shot because otherwise he gets into the, the Bryant Young mode of yeah. being passed over and waiting and waiting and waiting. So he's definitely a guy who deserves it. And if you compare him to a lot of the linebacker greats over the years, he's played as much and played as often and played better. If you compare it to guys like Dick Buckus, he's played a similar amount of games. And he, along with Frank, were the two bright points of the Niners franchise for many, many years. And it's unfortunate that he stepped away when he did. But, you know, I understand it. And <laughs> did it for himself, did it for his family, did it for himself. Yeah, for sure. But the teams definitely suffered for it. And he was a yeah. good guy from everyone that I know who knows him. And he's probably been my favorite player to watch since I've become an adult and watched the team at the level that I do watch yeah. them. I'm definitely hoping that he gets in. And Brian Young's sort of like a no-brainer. Why is he not gotten in by now? Yeah, it's hard to understand that. Patrick Willis is only his second run on the Hall of Fame list. Did he make it to the semifinals last time? I don't think so. I think this is the first time he's got it into the sort of finalist list here. Yeah, I didn't even know that he was up last year. <laughs> so he definitely didn't make it to this point. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully be hearing good news for all those guys. This class also includes guys like Peyton Manning and Megatron. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. So Chris, question for you. Are we allowed to do a one up, one down for the bye week? Because as you mentioned before, in true 2020 49ers fashion, this bye week has been like literally full of stuff. (laughs) So... So what do you think about that? This has been the Niners' mission is to get to the bye week, so I think we sort of have to. (laughs) But if USA Today, Niners Wire, can come up with a top bye weeks in 49ers history article, (laughs) which is sort of serious and sort of not, but then they seriously published it. Yeah. Well, you know it's a slow news week. Yeah. yeah. But I have full faith that we can come up with a pair of 49er ups and downs for the Niners' bye week. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it then. Yeah, let's do it. Rapid fire up one up, one down for the 49ers bye week. Chris, up. All right, up. I gotta go on. And it's not just that we didn't lose. <laughs> that's that's good. So my one up 
is confirmation that the true GOAT, 49ers Hall of Fame wide receiver, Jerry Rice, must be a huge fan of the Niner Noise podcast. Oh. Did you happen to hear his interview on Monday with 95.7 The Game? I did not, no. Well, my main man, Jerry, who sort of turned me on to the 49ers initially, said exactly what you and I have been saying all year long. <laughs> like, from the beginning up until last pod. A, he called out Shanahan's play calling as being way too predictable. B, he said, as you have said, including last week, that the 49ers need to get their running game back on track. And C, he said Shanahan's Niners need to stop running so much on first down. So he might as well have been on this pod like all year long, <laughs> where he is quite welcome whenever he wants. Could we? Because I know you're listening out there, Jerry. Could we make that happen? Jerry, come hang out with us. We know you're on the West Coast, but we'll stay up. Yep, absolutely. We will. 24-7. No problem. Yeah, we'll do it whenever you want. You just call us. And we know that you understand the aspects of play calling that we also understand, but Shanahan is yet to figure out and needs to figure out like yesterday. So it was very nice to hear the goat repeating our words of wisdom, which I'm sure he came up with on his own, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pretend that it's us. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I like that. And for me personally, it's even more important <laughs> because it's just confirmation that contrary to popular belief, I am not crazy. Well, at least not about this. That doesn't mean that you're not. It just means just about this. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's fair. Okay. That's my up. I like it. My up is that we, no one, as you said, slipped in the shower or broke an arm or did anything that would have resulted in another trip to the IR. We did have players go on the injured reserve list after the Saints game, but since that game happened, nobody else has gotten hurt. Now, some of that may be related to the fact that they haven't been practicing because they're on a bye week. <laughs> and so there's no opportunities for, say, anyone to have a non-contact ACL injury. With us, there's always a chance. So I think that's a huge up. That's what I'm saying. So big up on that. Yeah. So that's my up. All right. I have nothing further to say. Chris, down for you. All right. Let's bring some negativity to this podcast. Our team sucks. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so my down... Actually, is not a down for the 49ers. It is a down and a message to the NFL and the league's powers that be. Jerry, if you're listening, could you send this on to your buddy Roger? Thank you. Yeah. NFL. It sure seems like you have it out for us. From the crazy officiating in a certain game in February to putting half of our team out due to a false COVID test and then making this play anyway to allowing Greg Dirtbag Bounty Williams to coach in this league and then letting him target our quarterback for injury, which he was successful in doing, mm -hmm. while your refs called these ludicrous penalties on us for playing by the rules to a T when we're tackling Drew Brees, yet we destroyed this inside somehow. So, <laughs> NFL, stop being like Greg and stop targeting our players, particularly our pride and joy, wide receiver Debo Samuel. NFL, stop drug testing Debo. <laughs> He's played less than four games. He's had six quote-unquote random drug tests. That's not random. We're not stupid. It's a little suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> a little suspicious. A little bit. And he passed all of them. Let it go. And he hasn't played in three weeks. 
And the first day back, he gets, just give me a break. <laughs> this is beyond absurd. You just need to get over it. He's not taking PEDs. <laughs> He's just a freak of nature. So NFL, just accept it. Debo is awesome. Yep. It's obvious that this makes you quite upset, but you're just going to have to grow up and accept it. <laughs> you are. Look, I saw someone tweet about this. It was just some random person. I don't know who they were about the Quan Williams PED suspension. And they were like, wait a minute. Has anyone seen DK Metcalf? And then we're suspending Quan Williams for <laughs> PEDs. Yeah. I wonder how many random drug tests he's had. What's his deal? <laughs> that man is huge. Like nobody's questioning that. Nobody. Nobody. Okay, cool. It's not natural. No, it's large. So speaking of bizarre things that the NFL seems to be trying to attack the 49ers for, did you see the the situation surrounding the Ravens-Steelers uh, Thursday night game that's coming up uh, here on Thanksgiving Day? Perhaps, but go on. Yeah, so the Ravens have had, and this is your neck of the woods, right? So the Ravens have had five um, positive tests, 10 in total, five. I didn't do it, though. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> five players that have tested positive. Of course, those names have not been made common knowledge or anything like that, but the game is still planning on being played. I have seen information noted about like the fact that if there were any more positive tests that they might go ahead and postpone the game. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't think we did that anymore. <laughs> uh, well, maybe. Maybe. I, I guess it depends who you are. Yeah, I guess if you're the 10 and 0 Steelers and the 6 and 4 Ravens in a divisional matchup on Thursday night when you're one of three games as opposed to one game of one game on Thursday night, maybe you get treated a little bit differently. That's all I'm going to say. Well, if they push that game back, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear their excuse as to why. I would. Now, we don't want anybody to hear this as like we think that the 49ers would have beat the Packers if they had played on Sunday night instead of Thursday night. Yeah, it just would have been watchable. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> the game would have been better, probably. For everybody, too. It's like... For sure. It was a disaster. We talked about this. I can only imagine what the numbers were for that game because nobody was watching. I didn't even want to watch it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was worse than a preseason game because it counted. It was. Even though we had our preseason players in there. Yeah, for sure. We did. Yeah. So that is related to my down. Also, the down is just the the COVID list and how long it is for us at this particular moment. And before, at least with the with the born situation, like all those players that also came up on the list, like Ayuk and Samuel and Trent Williams, at least they were all kind of like connected to one another. And you can sort of see like how that works. Like three of them are wide receivers and the other one is an offensive lineman. So at least they're all offensive players. In this case, we have four defensive linemen, two offensive linemen, a linebacker, a tight end, and a wide receiver. Like, it's all over the place. Yeah, and some of those guys were held out of the game before, so they're probably just hanging out with the same people. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's so weird. I don't know, man. And it's not good. It's not good. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think that game is happening regardless of how long the list goes. Oh, yeah. They're not moving any of our games back. If they're not going to move that Thursday night game back, then we're out of luck. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, so that was our one up, one down for the bye week. Great job, bye week. Hey, we did it. Even you sucked the life out of this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. All right. So next week, as we have already alluded to, the 49ers head to sunny Los Angeles to take on the suddenly in first place Rams. 
for a rematch of uh, what would probably be arguably the best game the Niners have played all season in a basically win or else contest for the Niners. I think that's fair to call it that. So, Chris, what is one thing that the Niners need to replicate from that victory to win again on the road in Los Angeles? All right. So like last time, we need to get Goff to forget how to throw and Cooper Cup to forget how to catch. And then for money. Oh, okay. And well, that would be fantastic. I don't think you could really bet on that. No. So I'll answer your question a little less flippantly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. So the Rams undefeated at home. That's not good. Nope. And the Rams are a top 10 NFL team, but they don't have any top tier standout players on offense nor do they have a rocket scientist under center. (laughs) So the Niners game plan for victory needs to be the same game plan that they used last time and the same game plan by the other two teams that have beat them, which has forced the Rams into all their three losses. And that is score early and often, and then make the Rams a one dimensional football team. So in their three losses, which were to Buffalo to us and Miami. The Rams went to the locker room down by 18, 15, and 18 points, respectively. So we sort of know how to beat them, and that's like beat up on them early. Now, whether we can do that, who knows? But if the 49ers allow the Rams to control this game, it's going to be a blowout. So we need to build a two-plus score lead and then close our eyes and try not to have multiple heart attacks while Shani plays the clock for the rest of the game. Yikes. But the blueprint is there. But the blueprint is sort of difficult. <laughs> if anyone can just yeah. go up on any team, 18 points in the first half, and they'd win a lot of football games. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if that were the case, then yes, the Rams would not win any games, but that's not the way it works in the NFL. But we have played fairly well when Shanahan has scripted his plays. Yeah. Because it forces them to pass the ball on early downs. Jerry Rice is pleased by that. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it's going to be a tough one. And if we don't jump out to that lead, I think it's going to get ugly. Yeah, I agree. The second part of that is on the other side of the ball, and that is attempting to scheme Aaron Donald out of the game, much like they did in the first matchup. Now, a lot was made of Daniel Brunskill's performance in that first game, and I, I, I think he played I mean, well. He was Aaron Donald's father during that game. <laughs> That's my understanding as well, yes. yes. He adopted him. But it game. certainly was not Brunskill on his own stopping one of the best defenders in the NFL. It was all about Shanahan scheming up ways to keep Donald from wrecking the game. And it wasn't as if they didn't completely isolate him and take him completely out of the game. He made an impact, but it wasn't the level of impact that he is capable of of having on the game. And so, you know, Shanahan was able to scheme Donald to have less less of an impact, and he was able to really take advantage of the deficiency on the Rams' defense, which continues to be in the middle of the field with the linebackers. They still have a good secondary, uh, especially Jalen Ramsey at the cornerback position, who <laughs> has shut down a number of receivers that have plagued the Niners this season. Uh, most recently, I believe uh, DK Metcalf, who he held to like nothing. But to me, that's that's really the only shot that the Niners offense is going to have. The problem being <laughs> two things. One, you can't. 
try to plan the same way that you did last time. So you can't just be like, okay, well, last time we did this, so let's just do it again and everything will be fine. Because I think Aaron Donald is smart enough to know better. And he'll be watching the game tape from last time to try to figure out what it is that that the Niners did to him and tried to figure out how to defeat that. So it's got to be a, a different plan. My guess is that he will line up a lot more on the outside. Oh, especially Trent Williams is not in the game. Yeah, that's true. If if uh, school's out there, then he would have his sweet way if he lines up on the left side. And I think that's a lot of how he had success later in the game is by it's like, all right, I'm just not going to go up against Brunskill anymore because Brunskill is my dad. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Justin School is not Aaron Donald's father. No, not at all. Uh, The other issue being, of course, that two major players in these offensive success that that the Niners had in that first matchup. Uh, Chris, would you like to take a stab at who those players were? Hmm. It was good against them. Yeah. Maybe uh, Jimmy G and Uh George Kittle. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, And what is the problem with uh, that being those two players being so successful last time? Oh, last time compared to this time? Yeah, Yeah. They were playing? (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's the fact right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they will not be playing in this game on Sunday because of injury. So that's a problem. So what basically what you're asking is you have to a scheme Aaron Donald out of the game in a different way than you did last time and b count on Nick Mullins and Jordan Reed to somehow become a facsimile of what Garoppolo and Kittle did in the first matchup. That's no problem, right? <laughs> That's totally doable. Sounds simple. Yeah, seems seems reasonable. And they're really going to need Williams to make that happen, or otherwise this is get messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Trent Williams is not out there, we already saw what that looks like. And that was against, no disrespect to the Packers defense, but that was against the Packers defense, who has some good players, but they do not have Aaron Donald, and the Rams do, and that's a problem. <laughs> Especially if Trent Williams cannot play for whatever reason. I'm sure he'll be out there if he can, but... He's yeah. going to be a key to this game. So hopefully he is healthy for himself and for the team. Yep. All right. Well, time to get into prediction. Prediction time is back. It took a, a week off and now it is back for this upcoming matchup. So as I noted, the Niners need this game to stay alive in the playoff hunt. Talked about this last time. I think if they want to stay in the playoff race, they can really only afford another what, maybe two losses, what do you think, at that point? Yeah, I was looking earlier. I'm thinking nine and seven. Is eight and eight going to do it? Probably not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're already four and six. Yeah, it really depends on what happens in the NFC West. And then the other teams will just have to fall apart. So right. you're really shooting for nine and seven here. And I think nine and seven will get it done. Yeah, but that's only one more loss in the next six games. So, <laughs> I mean, if it were last year, that'd be easy. Yeah, for sure. Um, But we reached the bye week, so we can play again. (laughs) All right, enough of you. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, so this is is really make or break, do or die kind of stuff here, and I'm sure the team is very aware of that. And again, they they played their probably one of their best overall, if not the best overall game of the year um, against the Rams a few few weeks ago. Um, But again, having Garoppolo and Kittle out there – who are two players that they definitely won't have this week. And then with uh, Debo and and Ayuk and Mostert being questionable at best, right at this point, um, I, I'd say Mostert coming off the IR is good news, but you know, is Ayuk going to be able to come off the COVID list? Is Debo ready to go? Like if these players don't play um, those last three, obviously the first two are not going to play, then it doesn't, I, I think it's going to be too 
weak of a of an offensive unit to 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 accomplish anything. Um, and as you recall, the Rams' victory last time was definitely on the strength of the passing game. Um, you, you know, it's it's going to be something they're going to have to lean on because Mostert was wasn't actually even very effective against the Rams, and that was the the game that he got hurt in. Um, as you may recall, uh, the second time. <laughs> so he was actually having just an okay game when he went out. Um, and so the, the Rams really focused in on stopping the run and and the Niners were able to take advantage of it via the passing game. And, uh, Debo and Ayuk being out there is going to be the only way they're going to be able to replicate that even a little bit. Um, you know, having most back will be great. Obviously we've talked a lot about that, but, uh, it just kind of make you really nervous. Um, the defense barring any, any of these COVID players not being able to go, is going to be mostly the same. That's that's really the good news here is that the it, it will be mostly unchanged from the team that played uh, the Rams, you know, pretty well uh, in the first matchup. And so what it's going to come down to is if they if the defensive unit can play as well as they did um, against the Rams the first time and really as well as they did against New Orleans, then it's really going to come down to can the offense score enough points to win. Um, and my guess would be as of this moment, based on what we know, uh, and we'll know more later in the week, but as of what we know, and this is Tuesday night before the game, it's it's hard to see what is essentially Nick Mullins, Jordan Reed, Kendrick Bourne, <laughs> Richie James, Trent Taylor. I mean, not a uh, an offensive group that is going to inspire a lot of a lot of hope. Other than Richie. Right. But, and, you know, maybe, maybe Richie, if he has not been completely tapped into the doghouse after last week. But um, I think it's either going to be one of those things where, like last week uh, against New Orleans, where if the offense had just done a little bit more, they could have won the game. Um, Or the other side of that is they just get blown off the field. Um, I'm going to tend to lean uh, in the first direction, mostly because the second direction is, is, um, sad. Um, and <laughs> so I am going to say that the game will end a little bit closer. I'm going to go Rams 28 Niners, 20, all the field goals. I think the Niners are also going to have to win the turnover battle, which has been a factor in every one of the Rams losses. And Jerry Goff does look turning the ball over, especially when he's down. I believe they won the turnover battle last time they played and, They've had multiple turnovers in all their losses. Other than Niners game, I think they just had one. But the other two, I think they had four and then two. So that's a major factor. And you know, like I said, they don't really have a lot of stars on their team. Stat-wise, it's not too sexy on offense. They do obviously have some stars on defense. So like I said, if they want a chance, it's going to be jumping out to a lead like they've managed to do even against some better teams and maybe it's a positive that Shanahan has a player in Aaron Donald that he needs to game plan against and he knows it and everybody knows it so maybe we'll get good Shanahan as opposed to evil Shanny maybe that will actually work in their favor but I'm still not very positive about this game (laughs) so let's check out the line originally Rams by seven and a half it's down to seven and the over under was 47 down to 45. So 745, that's 26 to 19 Rams. One score, not too bad. (laughs) I think that we're going to need to keep the Rams around 20 points to win this game. And until I actually observe Shanahan 
making an honest attempt to win a football game, then my money is going to continue to be on the opposing team. So I'm going to go Rams 27, Niners 17. And a 17 could happen from a Shanahan really, really wanting to score at the end of the game and not look so bad, or it could be a straight-up 17. And I really hope that I'm wrong. Yeah, me too. The thing is, we're we're kind of right both in that same that same basic area in terms of points allowed and and points scored. Yeah, I think we're just being honest with ourselves, Chris, at this point. Goff just needs to have a bad game, and the Rams need to turn it over. And you know, he's 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 definitely due for for one of those. Goff was horrible when we played him last time. He was horrendous. I think he's only been really good like once against us in since Shanahan has, has been here. Like even the year when they went to the Super Bowl, I feel like he was kind of like, eh. We beat them this year. We beat them both times last year. And we beat them one other time. Yep. At the end of the season. Yes, we beat them the last game of the season. Was that the Super Bowl year? Yeah, yeah, because they were already they had already clinched the first, the number one seed. I think was that was the year they went to the Super Bowl, I believe, and they trotted out their backups, and we were like, "Well, fine." Wasn't it seventeen with Garoppolo? No, I think that was the eighteen. I feel like we've had them last game both eighteen and seventeen. Maybe. Well, either way, during the McVeigh Shanahan era, we are currently four and three, and we've won either our last three games or you're seeing four games. Regardless, it makes us four wins and three losses over those four seasons. And that's fairly remarkable given the respective talent levels of our teams over those four years. And if I'm remembering correctly, two of those games didn't matter. And we split those two games. So we've sort of had their number. And this game matters. It's another thing that Rice said during his interview. So why is that, Rice? Come on over, Jerry. He is. Come on, Jerry. Thanks for listening, Jerry. Come on, come on, Thanks Jerry. for listening, Jerry. Yeah, is that he said that this is pretty much a playoff game for the 49ers. And to be fair, that's actually true for, for the Rams a little bit too, because the, the division is so close. Um, and the NFC number one seed is so wide open at this particular point. Like every time you think somebody's going to grab it by the horns and, and run with it, nobody does like, you know, the Packers go out and, and lose a game on, on Sun. Who did they lose to? They lost to Colts. the Colts. Like, you know, that's, the Colts are a good team, but you know, if you want the number one seed in your conference, that's a game you got to win. You know, the, the bucks go out and lose to the Rams who are their comp, who are one of their teams they're competing with for, for the number one seed. You know, the saints are going to be without their starting quarterback for a couple of weeks. And we don't have to get into that. The Rams, I tweeted this out of somebody uh, last night after the, the Monday night football game, the, the NFC is getting smashed in the super bowl. Almost <laughs> Almost for sure. Um, unless some random team, like if the Titans somehow get in in into the Super Bowl through the AFC, like, but if, if it's the the Steelers or the, the Chiefs or one of the top teams in the AFC, I just I just don't think that any of the NFC teams are 
true contenders. There's just, there's every single one of them has a like major problem that you look at it and you're like, okay, well that's, that's, that's going to be exploited by, (laughs) by somebody who knows better kind of thing. But Kansas City and Pittsburgh seem like they're so far out ahead of everybody else. Otherwise we're talking like the Titans and Indianapolis and Vegas, like break, like Miami and Buffalo, you know, come on. Yeah, for sure. If it's those teams, then I think it's a better competition. But right, if it's Pittsburgh or the Chiefs, I think it's almost for sure a blowout, But which won't be good for the bottom line. But again, the whole point being that this game is important to both teams, and it's just a matter of uh, the Niners need it to keep their season alive. The Rams are probably going to get into the into the playoffs one way or the other at this point. Um, you know, they could lose out and finish seven and nine and, <laughs> and not make the playoffs, but it seems unlikely. Um, yeah, very unlikely, <laughs> but they have got to think about the only one team gets a buy this year. Uh, and I guess moving forward with the seven team playoff system, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which team that matters to more at this point in the season and the Niners coming off a buy and the Rams coming off a short week, which, you know, shouldn't be discounted, but is something to keep in mind for sure. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yep. By the way, did you see the way that Kansas City just drove down the field in like 15 seconds and scored a touchdown? I did not, but it doesn't surprise me. That is exactly what would have happened if Garoppolo had hit Sanders on that touchdown pass in the suit rule. And then I would have cried. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that it's exactly what would have happened. 100%. And so stand by that. That's just it was yeah. such a bad play call. It's like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> because just don't give Mahomes the ball. He's just too clutch right now in his career and yeah for sure maybe he'll be clutch for his entire career but definitely not right now (laughs) just you can't give him the ball with a minute plus on the clock because he's going to beat you well thanks for bringing up that bad memory chris i appreciate it. yeah whatever i think i talked about like twice this podcast so (laughs) you have you have all right well coming to terms coming to terms with it (laughs) you got it you got it uh thanks for listening to this episode of the niner noise podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network as always check out ninernoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and of course share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends so until next time let's sound the horn 49ers Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.